Hallelujah. You may please be seated. I would like to start by saying big congratulations to every minister member of our Pata Center for 24 years on 24 years of his faithfulness. I want to congratulate Pastor Tulu and Pastor Bolani Okusonya especially for a great job and the job will get even greater in the name of Jesus Christ and their children and grandson as well you know it has involved every one of them uh, well done and well done and well done again it's been a long time uh, it's like yesterday and yet it's such a long time because in all these years all sorts of things have happened thank God mostly positive isn't it Yesterday evening, I thought of where mommy, uh, Ola, we used to sit. I thought about where Omoba and Olori Oladini used to sit. And even last anniversary, I remember where Prince Hosseini sat. And now they're all in heaven. You know, and uh, someday we will go also that way. So really, if anyone intends to do something for God, they had better begin it now. That's the honest truth. You know, I remember where Brother Ladin used to sit because I saw Sister Lizzie now as well. So you see, life, if one opens one's eyes, there's so much to learn about life. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. The day I close my eyes, the day you close your eyes, that will be it as well. So we had better do whatever we want to do for God now. Uh, life is so much more than eating and drinking and getting a job and getting married and having children and all of that. Life is so much more than that. Uh, life is about influence. Do you agree with me? Influencing people towards God. That's what it's all about. Uh, so thank you again, Pastor Tulu and Pastor Balali, for what God is using you to do. Has been doing, will continue to do. Pastor, Professor, and Mrs. Bimbo, lawyer, well done and well done and well done. Let's get our hands together for them. Um, and uh, all other pastors and Dickens and Dickenesses in... Vine Branch Akpada Center, well done, well done, and well done, and the entire uh, leadership and membership, everybody who has worked in an anniversary committee or the other, well done, well done, Sweet Sammy's, well done, uh, Seven Seals, well done, Olusho, well done, he opened his mouth, he's surprised that I know his, that his nickname, but don't worry, it's just last night, Pastor Tulu told me, yeah, he said it's Olusho that composed the song, you know, so, so I won't, don't worry, I won't bother to call you Olusho again. So Olusho, well done. Uh, when next time, uh, I won't be referring to you as Olusho every time. Like, <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Uh, thank you, the Taiwos, for uh, being part of my team again this morning. We were in Kano together last uh, weekend, and I introduced them in Kano as Aquila and Priscilla. You know, yeah, so now you know Aquila and Priscilla. You didn't meet them, but now you know them. And your JMEs also. Let's put our hands together for them. And the goodness and mercy. You think I'm joking, saying goodness and mercy will follow me. Yeah, there's a lady under my roof right now who is known as mercy. And there's a lady under the JMEs roof who is known as goodness. So there's a literal goodness and mercy that followed me here today. You, know. you think I'm joking, but I'm telling you the truth. You know, yeah, that, that's the honest truth. See how far. You brought us, Lord, we've come to worship you. Can we sing that together? See how far you brought 
That's all. Let's sing it together. See how far you brought us. We thought we've come. See words. See how much you blessed us. See how much you blessed us. Lord, we've come to worship. See how much you've helped us. because you are good, your mercy endures forever. See how far you have brought us. We recognize as not men of him that willeth or of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Thank you and thank you and thank you again. Thank you for how you have been speaking to us since this program started. Thank you because your word did not fall to the ground concerning us our lives to bring forth fruit and the world we see it. Thank you for what you want to add today. Speak again, we ask. Help us to see what you are saying and to walk in the light of saying. And thank you for confirming your word in our lives with signs following. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All I said, I said on behalf of my wife and I, and our children and grandchildren. So that's why I didn't uh, bother to mention her specifically. It's been so wonderful since Wednesday since we've been here, particularly for those of us who are just coming and going, who are not involved in the work behind the scenes. Because a lot of work I know 
went behind the scenes. So for us who just came and left, and if you're a member of this center, you just came and left, you haven't done well. It's because we came from Mokola, we just came and left. So we can imagine all the work that went on behind the scenes. And God's servants have been such a blessing. From Pastor Muiwa to Pastor Baweya to Pastor Shegun to Pastor Bolanli last night, every one of them has been such a blessing. So I'm just supposed to take the last leg. And if they hand over well to you, the last leg shouldn't be a problem. Do you agree with me? I've titled my message today, How to Grow in Influence. How to Grow in Influence. Genesis 41, verse 57, only for now. Genesis 41, 57. Pastor Lea said last, last night, it's global. So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. The influence of Joseph was global. So when he said it yesterday, I felt like shouting because I knew what I was going to share today. So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. The influence of Joseph was global. As we have seen, and I think that's my own favorite definition of influence, indirect impact. That's my own favorite definition, indirect impact. I went to secondary school just around the corner here. This month has made it 50 years when I entered secondary school and came into boarding house. So it was on the 8th of January, 1973. And my set was the last set before school year started in September. So we used to come in January before. And so the year I entered from one by September, another class entered from one. So we spent nine months or so in what is now as yes, so how many people of my generation? They know what I'm talking about. Okay, I saw them smile when I was talking. Yeah, so I knew, yeah. So anybody who started in September, you know that uh, there's a divided line already. Be careful yourself. You are not mates. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you know. Yeah. My wife was making fun of me that I tried to wear a better today. I said, maybe I'm getting older. But see, why I don't wear a better to preach usually is two times before I got here, I pulled some stools along with me. Even though I tried to hold, you know, one stool, and I was saying, sorry, and then another one followed me, you know. So I told myself, I might have to stay here today. I know, you know, normally I will be there within a short while. Yeah, because Agbada has a way of entering my leg and pulling it here. So I don't think it's meant for preaching, really. But some people are used to it, you know. So whatever works for you. Can you please say amen? Yeah. Now, it was an all-male school. I believe still is. And sometimes somebody will enter the class and hit the table and shout, hey, I'm around. That's supposed to be impact, isn't it? <laughs> but that's direct. That's with a shout. Light does not shout. Light shines. So as boys, you know, some of you are hey, I'm around. You know, that kind of thing. But that's not the idea. It's supposed to be indirect. As Pastor Bonali emphasized a lot yesterday evening, there's positive influence, there's negative influence. It's positive we're talking about, like we know. In the Bible, there was a guy who influenced his first cousin to rape his half-sister. His name was Jonadab, one of the sons of David's brothers, known as Shimea. And uh, the Bible refers to him as a crafty guy. So he influenced his first cousin to rape 
his sister. They had the same father, they didn't have the same mother. The story is in 2 Samuel chapter 13. In 1 Samuel 2, 13 to 14, the Bible tells us about Eve eating the fruit and that Adam was not deceived. So if Adam doesn't deceive, how come Adam ate the fruit? It means he was influenced by his wife to eat it. That's negative influence. The whole world has suffered consequences since then. So already you're an influence. Already I'm an influence. Jesus didn't say when you have been born again for long, you will become the result of the earth. He didn't say when you have been very prayerful, you'll be the light of the world. He said, you are. Even as you are now, you are the light of the world. As you are, you are the source of the earth. So I'm already an influence. You're already an influence. It's whether it is positive or negative that is now the issue. So I'm already influencing people whether I realize it or not. Indirectly. Because people are seeing my life. I'm coming across people. I live with people. And I'm influencing them without realizing it. So every one of us, a believer, is an influence already. Because you are not going to become the salt of the earth. You are not going to become like the Lord. You are already. So say, I am the light of the world. Say, I am the salt of the earth. Say, whether I am doing it consciously or not, I am already influencing people. Whether positively or negatively. So we want to talk about Joseph today because he grew in influence. How to grow in influence is the title of the message. Joseph didn't start, start out influencing the world. And you are not going to start out influencing the world. It's not going to be a global influence. Now, he began by being an Olufufu. In Genesis 37, where the story starts, the Bible tells us he used to take the report of his older brothers to their father. Yoruba people will say, I don't know whether it would be right to say Olufufu is um, Amebo, because I think Amebo has to do more with gossip. Is it, is God, or, or, is, I'm a believer for you. I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. That uh, you want to go and report people, you know. And uh, at, a, at an age, that's okay. A little child will tell you everything that happened when you're not around. So your Bible says, Yeah, when you want to remember something, you tell it. child will say everything, the house self did, everything somebody, you know, you think that that's just okay. But not for a 17 year old. Jacob was 17 at this time. And why do you think he told their father? He was trying to correct his brothers. He thought what they did was not good. And he told so that was supposed to be influence. So that's where he started. And then he was a cocky teenager. He had those dreams and he told his brothers and they were annoyed. If he had handled it more maturely or wisely, maybe he couldn't come. So he must have come across as a cocky teenager. Influence, no doubt, was probably what he had in mind. And then he was a houseboy and a head houseboy, and that was influence as well. And then he became a prisoner, and he was head prisoner, and that was influence. And then he became prime minister, and he was in this position we read about where the whole world went to him. So if he had an opinion, if he had an idea, if he said something, look at how many people, you see, if you look at Joseph's life, Joseph was a blessing to his immediate family and his extended family as well. That's influence. You know, the Bible says, anybody who does not uh, provide for his own, especially the of his household. So that tells you the family thing is more than your nuclear family. Because the Bible says, especially. So it means others as well who are supposed to be family. It was a blessing to them. It was a blessing to believers because 
Old Testament Israel will be believers. He was a blessing to unbelievers because it was a blessing to Egypt. It was a blessing to his boss, Pharaoh. When they went to Pharaoh, we don't have food. Pharaoh told them, go to Joseph. So Joseph was a blessing or he influenced believers, unbelievers, his family, his boss, and his entire generation. What a life. But as we have just seen, it didn't start out that way. He grew gradually into it. So how do we grow in influence? How do I grow in influence from Joseph's story, as I believe God laid over my heart. So it's a character study we are doing this morning, and uh, we'll try to be as fast as possible. Number one, by becoming a man of God. Now, I want to point out that Joseph was not a man of God. See, I said I'm not going to leave you back. I'm already leaving. Now, Joseph was not a man of God. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a king. As a matter of fact, he was not a political leader. Joseph was a normal, regular guy like most of us will be. Because if I'm talking about a prophet or a pastor, you may say I'm not a prophet. You may say I'm not a pastor. Joseph was not a prophet. He was not a priest. He was not a king. He was not a judge. Joseph was not a political leader. He was just a regular, everyday guy doing his own work where he was. He was not the firstborn. He was not the secondborn or anything like that. He was even towards the last in his family. So my saying by becoming a man of God, I don't mean that you must become a pastor or any such thing. Many Christians think that's the idea. They think the idea is to become a pastor. So when they retire, they decide to become pastors, whether God called them or not. After they have used all their life for society, then they now think God deserves the remnant. No, it's not about that. God is too wise for that. Most of us won't be called in that sense. Most of us are called into the areas of life that we occupy now doing something for God. Most of us won't come to do it from the pulpit. We're talking about influence, indirect impact. That's what God had in mind from the beginning, right where you are. I read a story, you may have read it also, of some king who wanted to uh, do so much for God after a while. He had enjoyed so much of power. He had enjoyed fame and fortune and all of that. And he went to meet this guy in the monastery. And he said, I want to submit myself to you. I want to serve God for the rest of my life. And the man said, you know, here things are different from where you are coming from. Your word has been law in England. Everything you say goes. Whatever you ask for is done. He said, here you are going to take instructions. He said, I know. It's what we tell you to do that you are going to do. He said, yes, I know. So you are agreeing to submit. He said, then the instruction I'm giving you to go back to the palace. And what you are doing, begin to do it for God. That's the instruction, go back. So he was saying, go back to what you are doing as a person. And do it for God. Praise God forevermore. Many people are called men of God in the Old Testament. Moses, the man of God. David, the man of God. Shemaiah, the man of God. There are even some unnamed men of God in the Old Testament. A man of God from Judah. You know, we don't know his name. But in the New Testament, it's instructive that only Timothy is called a man of God. Even though there were men of God. 2 Timothy 3 from verse 16. The Bible says, All scripture is given by the Spirit of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God... I always say it's first of all, a child of God is perfect, thoroughly functioning to all good works. So, of course, I mean, Paul was inspired to write that. Of course, we know Paul was a man of God. 
We know there are many men of God, many men of God, excuse me, but only one person is regularly called man of God in the New Testament, and that's Timothy. And Paul was the one who wrote it. I want to read that. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Now, don't you think this is for everybody? I think it's for everybody. Everybody who is a believer is supposed to flee these things. What things? Love of money. That was the last thing he talked about. So we had to flee that and to pursue righteousness, to pursue godliness, pursue faith. Remember the same Paul when writing about the qualifications of somebody who will be a pastor or, or bishop or superintendent. He said that uh, it's a good work if any desires as though it's free for all. So it's supposed to be the standards for every New Testament believer. That's what I'm trying to say. Many years ago, I was referring to this in Mokola Center not too long ago. A lady who was not happy that somebody tried to correct her dressing and said, why couldn't she dress the way she wanted and all of that? You know, so she brought the matter to me thinking you know, she was going to wherever, who she, whoever she thought was Oga. You know, and then I, I said to her, okay, I, I have a question for you. She said, go ahead. I said, would you think it's okay for Pastor Bridget to dress that way? I said, no, she's a pastor. I said, good. I said, will you think God should answer Pastor Bridget's prayer and not your own? She said, no, we are all children of God. I said, there you are. She got it. She got it straight away. So it should be the same standards for all of us. If the Bible says, if any desire is obvious to bishop, it means it's free for all. So those standards are for all of us. Maybe, I'm saying, maybe it was only Timothy that was told because it's believed that Timothy had a tendency to be timid. 2 Timothy 1.7 God has not given us spirit of fear or timidity. That's how some passions render it, but of power and of love and of assignment. Remember, Paul said to him, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example of believers in word, in conduct, in love, in faith, in spirit, and in purity. So he's believed to have had a tendency to be timid. So maybe that's why he said to him, You man of God. You know, remember, you're a man of God, even though your personality is this way, even though you want to run from things, even though you don't want to come out. And he said, Oh man of God, flee these things, and so on, so on, so on. So my saying. By becoming a man of God, I'm not saying by becoming a pulpit minister. I'm not saying to become an apostle, prophet, general pastor, church. It's going to be clear in a while. I'm talking about everything for this guy Joseph revolved around God. I have always loved Romans 11, 36. Of him, through him, and to him are all things. Everything for Joseph was around God. That's why he didn't sleep with Mrs. Kate Potiphar. Is Kate in the Bible? No, I just gave her a name, you know. Mrs. Abike Potiphar, you can't put anything there you like since we don't know her name. But Mrs. Potiphar tried to seduce him and if he had said that day that Potiphar would know, she would have convinced him that he would never know. If he had said any other thing, there would have been an answer. But she, he said to her that my master has been good, he has left everything in my care. The only thing he would tell from me is you because you're his wife. He said, how can I do such a wicked thing? You would think he would say against him. But he said against God. So God was a factor. If not that God, so if God is not a consideration, all of us will fall into temptation. God must be the consideration. So if it was God for him, and that's why he didn't do it. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what and glorify your Father or God who is in heaven. When he was going to interpret the dreams, 
It's a story we're familiar with. I'm not going to be reading all those places. Anybody who's been a Christian for a while knows about Joseph. Anybody who had a, a Christian upbringing knows about Joseph. And if you are not familiar with the story, you can read after now. When the chief butler and the chief baker told him their dreams or mentioned they had dreams, what did he say? He said, all interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams, please. When he stood before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said, I've heard about you. I've not married such well. That you can interpret dreams. He said, interpretations belong to God. See, everything for him was God. God will give you an answer of peace. And then when he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, he could have said, this is what is in the future. But what did he say? God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. God, 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 God was in everything for Joseph. I'm saying of him, through him, and to him are all things. And after interpreting the dream, and he gave his suggestion, we're going to get to that later. Pharaoh said to him, who else will be the person in this position apart from the person who has the spirit of God? So it was clear to Pharaoh that everything was God, God, God. He could have said somebody as intelligent as you are. He could have said somebody as smart as you are. He could have said somebody who is a good administrator like you. But it was clear to Pharaoh that everything for this guy was God. Maybe we better read that. Genesis chapter 41 from verse 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this man in whom is the spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, as much as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. So everything came across to Pharaoh as God. That all this guy's life is about God. So is that how your life is? Is that how my life is? Is it all about God? Is it because I'm very good in chemistry? Or is it because my father left me a good name? Or because I know how to do so, so, and so well? Because, you know, we can mention God, but what we are communicating is our natural abilities or tendencies or smartness and all of that. If you want to grow in influence, you must become a man of God. So that's what I mean. That everything for you revolves around God. That God is the root. God is the origin. God is the power by which it happens and the glory and honor must be to him alone. So when he was sending people to his father, sending his brothers to his father, he said, tell them that God has made me a father to Pharaoh. Everything was God. Look at Joseph's story very well. You will see so much about God in it. And when his brothers were saying, after their father died, thinking he was going to deal with them now, he said, no, 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 no. Am I in the place of God? You made it for evil, but God made it for good. I mean, there's so much about God, 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 God. I could stay on this point alone and read so many places where there was so much emphasis on God for him. Where is your emphasis in life? Where is my emphasis? No wonder God was manifestly with him. The Bible says God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. All his life, everything was around God. I've mentioned many examples already. In John 8, 29, Jesus said, He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always the things that please him. When you live with God, you live a God-conscious life like that. Everything is about God. There's no way your influence will not grow. Concerning men, let your light so shine before men that may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, number one, by becoming a man of God. How again do we grow in influence? Number two, by becoming a man of people. I deliberately did not say a man of the people. I skipped the deliberately because again, I'm not talking about how becoming a man of the people. You know, politicians say, "My people, my people." That's how politicians talk. You know. I'm not talking about Saul, the first king of Israel. He was told to do something by the word of the Lord. And then 
he and the people, the Bible tells us, decided to spare Agag and the best of the oxen to sacrifice to God. And Samuel came and said, how come I'm hearing this bleating? And said, no, I have obeyed. And, but the people, you know, and, and Saul asked him, has God as much delight in burnt offerings as in obeying the voice of the Lord? The people. So I'm not talking about being a man of the people. Galatians 1, 10, 10, excuse me, Paul said, if I yet be a man pleaser, I should not be a servant of God. So I'm not talking about being a man of the people. I'm talking about being a man of people. It is said that people don't care how much you know or they know how much you care. I'm talking about having a heart for people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is a God of people. God cares for people. In Genesis chapter 40, the Bible describes Pharaoh's, maybe we should read from the first verse. I was stopping in verse 4 or so. Genesis 4 from verse 1. Came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker, the king of Egypt, offered their lord, the king of offended, excuse me, their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with the, his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them. Please take note of that. He served them so they were in custody for a while. If you don't take note of these details, you just read it like a storybook. Think about this. The chief butler, chief butler and chief baker of Pharaoh, these were high positions. Joseph was a houseboy who August's wife, if not for God, they should have killed him. Think about it. They should have killed Joseph. Why he didn't occur to Potiphar that he should kill him, he can only be God. So he was in prison, a nobody, a lowly place. Now, these were high officials of the kingdom that Pharaoh was annoyed with and put them in the same prison. Don't you think it will show you how they carry themselves? Somebody who was of important position, they put in prison. You think he will carry himself the same way other people carry themselves? I mean, you are not in the same class, my friend. They are now putting them under Joseph. Do you think that would be easy for Joseph to deal with? How dare you ask me to do something? Who, who are you? Do, you? do you know who I am? If not, if not for Dutoro to turn my dear. If not for him that fell, that made them pack pigeons along with fowls. You and I. That, that would have been their attitude. That would have been how they work. But the Bible says Joseph serves them. Servant leadership. Joseph served them and they were there for a while. Pastor Barney told us about character yesterday. It must have taken time for them to see Joseph's character. For them to see that this guy is for real. Are you listening to me? Please shout hallelujah. hallelujah. It takes a while for character to shine through. I mean these were people who were, we will call them bourgeois. To put them under. I mean. But they so believed in Joseph. That the chief warden put him in charge of these high officials. And they came. And the Bible now tells they were there for a while. Because you can't see that kind of thing in one day. Two or three days, I don't know. So we don't know for how long they were there, but they were there long enough for them to see Joseph's character, for them to see that this guy genuinely cared. Who smiles in prison? Who is uh, 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 happy in prison? I don't know. So for Joseph to have noticed that you guys are sad today, he was somebody who cared for people. So I'm saying be a man of people. That's what God is getting at. You're not a man of the people. So it must have taken him a while 
to win their conference, you, see, you have to earn influence over people with character. So be an example of us in word and conduct because if you want to influence people with position, with noise, when you are out of position, I think Pastor Mewame mentioned that emphatically that things are just going to go on normally again. Because it's because of your position. It's not that they care. But this guy genuinely cared for people. And he said, you guys are sad today. Why? And they said, we had dreams. And said, do interpretations not belong to God? Tell me your dreams. That didn't happen in one day of meeting him or two days or three days. They were there for a while. And they must have believed eventually. I mean, I've known that kind of thing before. I, I was in my spiritual alma mater last weekend, like I said. You know, where people who had been in Christian leadership and I was a greenhorn in the natural as far as things were concerned. I didn't know growth comes by studying the Bible. I studied the Bible for two solid years at that time. And uh, so I was put in a position that when, when, when this servant of God, who is going to glory now, my pastor then was in sharing vision with people. After talking to me one-on-one, -on -one, there were six, like six people at that meeting that day. And everybody was extraying the vision. I didn't say a word. What was I going to extra? I didn't even know what it was all about. So everybody was asking questions. You know, getting to analyze things, I didn't say anything. Now, when the church started 36 years ago, 4th of January, I was made the associate pastor. Many people later confessed that they thought this man has made a mistake. He has made a mistake. How can somebody this young, I mean, all these big brothers were there, not but some of them came back six years after. Some of them three years after. They came back to accept that truly it was God that put you in this position and we're going to submit and serve and all of that under you. He was proved right to them, they thought. So it takes a while for some things to become obvious. Hallelujah. He was caring, he was genuine, he was authentic. I read a book long ago, I think James Calvin or somebody was the author of the book. Who read Shogun? Shogun, Taipan, okay? Taipan, Kingrat. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See, the guy who wrote the book must have been a prisoner of war in Japan. So that's what Kingrat was about. You know, when you have a sewer system, rats are there. So this King Rat in normal life was a lance corporal. He was not an important person according to the book. But when he became a prisoner of war, he knew his way around things like that. So he became a big man in prison. Because he knew how to connect and get drugs and all kinds of things. He was so powerful. that generals sat under him. All kinds of things. When the war was over, he felt very sad. Because now he was going to go back to life as a lance corporal. Joseph should have behaved like a king rat. Somebody that God gave dreams to. The first break he had in his life, a woman wanted him and he turned it down and now ended up in prison. He should have dealt with people. He should have said, I will show you. Because circumstances of life had not been nice to him. All of that, he didn't know God was testing him. Listen to me, God is testing us every day. The Bible says God's word proved him. And when it was time, his feet were taken off fetters and he just, he seems to jump overnight to a particular position. It's because he was handling what God gave to him well. Look at his relationship with his steward. He planned with his steward to go and put his cup in the bag of people and all that kind of thing. See, he didn't have a formal relationship with He's somebody, a man of people. That's what I'm saying. Are you a man of people? Because the idea of influence is so that people's lives can be transformed towards God. 
is so that God's power can be brought to bear to heal their marriages. So that they can know how to work with God so that their finances will be okay. So they will know how to work with God and they will work in health and all of that. If you don't have a heart for people, God will not promote you to a higher position of influence. Yeah, it's okay to say amen. Those who work with you, those who work under you, are they blessed as well? Are you concerned about their families? Do you want to know what's going on with them at home and so on and so forth? I was telling them in Mokola Center, maybe like two Sundays ago, I told them when people go to work in a medical center, my wife wants them to go to school, wants them to learn a trade, wants their lives to become better some way, somehow, because life does not end in that place. Equip yourself for better life. You would think that's not wise. You would think, why should you want somebody to do something else? Supposing they leave you, let them go and let life become better for them. So I told them when somebody comes to work in church office, Pastor Otto wants to be sure that they go to school. He wants to encourage them to buy land. So the drivers of church office have cars. One of them even uses his vehicle as Kabu Kabu. Since he's not doing during office hours, why not if he wants to make extra money? And some will come and talk to me and make as though that person has bought car, though he's stealing money, why he bought car. Don't you want somebody else's life to be better as well? So that's what we mean by a man of people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves people. You better believe it. God loves people. The Bible says concerning Jesus prophetically, the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. If you want to do something in life that will benefit people, that thing is going to prosper because it will give God pleasure. Today we talk about the grace. We quote it every service. What's the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. That's the Father. So anything that will benefit human beings. So that's why Bill Gates of this world will continue to prosper even though they are not born again. Because they want to use their hard-earned money to solve problems of polio in Africa that doesn't concern them. Because they have heart for people. And so they are people of influence. If it's making sense, please shout hallelujah. Let me ask a question before I leave that point. Are you principled or difficult? No, sometimes people say, no, I'm just principled. Many times they are difficult. The difference between being principled and being difficult as far as I'm is humaneness. When you go with things like that, if there's no humaneness to it, you are difficult. But if you are humane, that's when you are principled. If you want to grow in influence, you must have a heart for people. You must love people. They are only, you know, when they ask Jesus for the greatest commandment of all, said, love your God with all your heart, with all your strength. Then he said, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So be a man of people. How to grow in influence? Number one, by becoming a man of God. Number two, by becoming a man of people. Number three, by becoming a man of vision. By becoming a man of vision. In Genesis 37 from verse 18. Now when they saw him afar off, that is Joseph afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. I'm sure King James do something like, behold, the dreamer cometh. Literally is master of dreams. He was called a master of dreams. He's always dreamy, in other words. This one is always dreamy. He's always dreamy. Please listen carefully. How many of us there today can remember a dream we had 22 years ago? You may have even had the dream last night and you have forgotten. How many times do we dream at night that we can't remember? This guy had a dream of sheaves of his brother buying unto his own. He had a dream of sun and moon 
and stars bind down. And his story, the Bible tells us, began when he was 17. He became prime minister at 30, you remember? And then with the interpretation of the dreams, there were seven years of plenty. So he was already prime minister. So at seven to, that's 37. And then when he met his brothers, he said, they are still five years. So that means two years had come and gone. So it was 39 when he met his brothers. And the Bible says he remembered his dreams. So subtract 17 from 39, 22 years. He had that dream 22 years ago. And when the brass bowed, he remembered the dreams. What does that tell me? It tells me he knew that this was no ordinary dream. He knew it was God's purpose for his life. He kept it in view. Circumstances of life were negative. Everything seemed to be going down. But he kept that dream in his mind. He would pray by God, you showed me something. God, but what? And then, the moment it happened, he remembered the dreams. Are you a man of vision? In Proverbs 29, 18, the Bible says, where there is no revelation. King James says, where there is no vision. The people perish. King James says, I'm reading new King James, the people cast off restraint. So vision will restrain you. There are things people do that you can't do if you have a vision. And the Bible says, happy is he who keeps the law. So it means God's word will envision you. Listen to me. When he had his firstborn, he named him Manasseh. Manasseh means forgetting. He was saying, God has made me to forget all the toil in my father's house. He forgot the toy, but he didn't forget the dream. And then he had Ephraim. And he said, God has made me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. There was affliction in the land, but he didn't forget the dream. That's a vision of God for your life. That's a purpose of God for you. You are not just here to go to school, get married, have children, and just die. That, what, what, what's the purpose of that? There's more to life than that. God placed you here for something specific. And it's in doing it that will be the greatest honor for you in life. God began with Abraham at the age of 75. They are not likely to be many 75-year-olds here today. Please tell your neighbor so it's not too late. Yeah, you can find it. And when you find it, life will seem to work so effortlessly and people will ask you, how did they take Duan? How did they take Duan? We knew when you started. We knew when you started. How did they take Duan? And you will have nothing else to say, but not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. When he had the first dream, the Bible says his brother hated him the more. So his dream was persecuted. He had another dream. Bible says his father rebuked him. Even though his father kept it in mind, based on maturity and age, that this boy, this boy, this boy, there is something old. But he rebuked him. Are you saying your mother and I? Will. So your dream of vision may be persecuted, might be slandered, people will oppose it and all of that. But if you keep that dream in view, someday you will occupy a position of influence. Can you please say amen? See, in life, when you understand why God allowed you to be where you are, you will become a person of influence. So in Genesis 50, verse 20, he said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In order, this is the reason, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. When you understand where, where, where you are, when you see why God put you in that position, why he allowed you to go to that school, why you were born from that family in Isalejebu, where so and so and so, you, you didn't understand it before. Look back at your life. Look at where you are now. You will see that wherever God is using you now, he positioned you for those things from the beginning. 
All my life, I've been standing before people. All my life, it's either I will be saying memory verse, I'll be doing something, you know, all my life I was standing before people. God was preparing me for things. If I look at details of my life in the past, of course, God knew where he was taking me, the same way he knows where. Everybody can look at their lives. The Bible says concerning Moses, that he thought, maybe we should read it, Exodus 7 from verse 23. Now, when he was 40 years old, that is David, that's what we consider an age of maturity today. He came into his heart to visit his brethren, children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed, that's where I'm going. He supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. He realized that, look, all of them are slaves. I had a privileged upbringing in the palace. You can't deliver a slave by raising like a slave. He realized God put me in this position to deliver them. He thought everybody would see it. Everybody doesn't see what you see. If there's something you see differently, it's because it has to do with your purpose in life. He thought everybody would see it. They didn't see it. Remember what Mordecai said to Esther. Esther 3, Esther 4, I beg your pardon, 13 or 14, you can read it later. Who knows whether God has brought you to the palace for such a time as this? Was she a person of influence? Yes, she was. So when you understand why you walk in that office, when you understand why God brought you to that place, then you become a person of influence. So the more you see things from God's perspective, the more he's able to lift you or promote you. See, every position you occupy, as you rise higher in life, is simply for you to become a person of greater influence over some people that you will not have been able to reach ordinarily. See, at the lowest place, some people can be reached. But some other people won't be reached unless people who get to a particular place. And so that's what it's all about in life. It's not so that you can have more money. It's not so that you can, no, no, no. All of that is so that you can have influence in the area God wants you to have influence. If it's making sense, please shout hallelujah. So are you living for any cause in life? Or just for money? Or married children? As Pastor Branley asked us last night. Number four, by becoming a man of integrity. We're talking about how to grow in influence. By becoming a man of integrity. In Proverbs 11.3, the Bible reads, the integrity of the upright will guide him. So all we need to ask sometimes is, what will integrity do? When we are confronted with choices, we should just ask, what will integrity do? Whatever integrity will do is what God wants done at that particular point in time. Time is running out, so let me round up quickly. This guy traveled all over Egypt without supervision. All of that is put down. Scriptures are here, but you can find it for yourself in the Bible. He, that was a lot of hard work without supervision. You know, there was no precedent. It's not that somebody had done that job before him. So, it was whatever he did. When he was in prison, to the Bible recalls that the prisoner, the warden, put him in charge. And whatever was done in the prison, he was the doer of it. So, he charted his course in life without having precedence. Without following anybody's example. Just by following God. Listen to me. If you follow God, the manual for life on earth is the Holy Bible. If you follow God through the Bible, you will succeed in life and you become a person of influence. Please say amen if you believe it. Now, I will read this. Genesis 43 from verse 20. And said, Oh, sir, we did came down the first time to buy food. But it happened when we came to the encampment that we opened our sacks and there each man's money was in the mouth of his sack. Our money in full weight. So we have brought it back in our hand. 
And we have brought back down other money in our hands to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sack. But he said, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. I had your money. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. What have we just read? The manager of Joseph's house said to Joseph's brothers, according to instruction, take them to my house. We're going to have lunch there. But these guys were afraid and they thought they were in trouble. All of them were going to become slaves. And the last time they came, their money was returned. And their father, Jacob, being a person of integrity, said, in case something was wrong, take the money back. And then take extra money for what you want to go and buy now. He said, if I perish, I perish. So when they went, now saying they were going somewhere else to eat, they were afraid. Conscience is a terrible thing. All the things they were discussing, they didn't know Joseph understood because he spoke to them through an interpreter. You see now? You see you, this guy? Because if you ask me, why was it Simeon that was kept back? I've asked myself. You see, he knew their ages. You remember when he sat down, he looked like something supernatural. And sometimes what appears supernatural is not supernatural at all. They didn't know it was their brother. He knew how they were born. But, but that Ruben was first born. But that Simeon second born. But that Levi third born. But that Judah fourth born. So he arranged them and said, ah! It's supernatural. It's not, it wasn't supernatural. It was very natural. He knew them. <laughs> That's why. Listen to me. So, Reuben was the firstborn. It's Reuben he would have kept back when he wanted to keep somebody. But he had their discussion. Reuben was saying, and I told you people that day, oh, that you not do so. so. Oh, so, but Reuben was in there. Okay. Next person was Simeon. Yeah, Simeon, take Simeon. I believe it's not more than that. Because he wasn't there when the discussion took place. The Bible tells us. Reuben wanted to go and take him on Peter and return him to their father. So, okay, so it was not your idea. Okay, number two, Simeon. If Simeon also said, You are going to Levi, you know. Anyway, they kept Simeon. Where I'm going is this Go to my house, take them to my house for long. They were afraid. They were saying it's because of what happened before, it's because the money we took the other time. He didn't know so. So they called the man back, ah, uh, Alaba. You know, the last time we came, so so and so and so, we don't know how the money came. All of us are so we brought the money back. What did he say? I had your money. Now, there's no reason to believe he was telling lies. If he had the money, what does that tell us? Joseph paid. That's what it tells us. It means Joseph actually paid. So he returned the money of his brothers, but he paid because the man said, I had your money. So Joseph did not use his position to benefit himself. We are talking about being a person of integrity. He paid for what he was supposed to pay for. How many of us will be in positions of importance and not use it to favor ourselves? Even the world knows that when you award contract yourself as a governor or whatever, that's why they made them feel to declare assets. That's why they declare assets. That because this is what you owned before you became governor. After becoming governor, if all of a sudden you have overnight money, where did it come from? Because we are not supposed to use our position to service ourselves. That's what integrity will do. So this guy paid. He was loyal so much to his boss. You can read it later. Money failed in Egypt. When money failed, he said, go and bring your livestock. When livestock failed, he said, go and bring your land. When land failed, he said, every one of these things, he was making Pharaoh richer. Pharaoh was becoming richer because all the land belonged to Pharaoh. He said everybody was going to walk and then one-fifth would become Pharaoh. Instead of doing something for himself, would it have been bad if he also enriched himself? 
But he didn't. Listen to me. I think Pastor Barani said it last night also that people are watching your life. People could see that this guy was enriching Pharaoh. They could see he was loyal. They could see he was faithful. They could see he was in a position to benefit himself. When you are hoeing, you are hoeing towards yourself, but that's not what he did. They saw integrity, so it was the easiest thing to follow him. When people see that you are faithful, when people see that you are committed, when people see that they are loyal, when you open your mouth to talk to them, they are ready to follow you. By becoming a person of integrity. So that is part of how you earn the right to influence. And you know what? He never forgot what he believed. He never forgot that he was a Jew. He never forgot that he was a child of God. So his money did not affect him. His position did not affect him. His exposure did not affect him. He never forgot that he was a believer. How do I mean? When it was time to serve food, they served in three places. That's recorded for us in the Bible. They served him by himself. They served his brothers by themselves. They served the Egyptians by themselves because Egyptians and Israel did not eat together. So since he seemed like an Egyptian, he hadn't told his brothers he was one of them. So they served him separately. But he was not an Egyptian, so he didn't eat with Egyptians. Do you know when he wanted to die? He said, take my bones with you. I am dying. I'm not dying. He said, I am dying, but God will visit you. Take my bones with you. This was hundreds of years before the account in Matthew. Do you know in Matthew 27, the Bible tells us that when Jesus rose from the dead, the graves were opened. And although, you know, in Joshua's story, you know, the time, time is gone. I want to round up quickly. In Joshua 24, 32, you can read it later. He was buried in Shechem. Look at distance from Shechem to Jerusalem. It wasn't so far. What am I getting at? He did not know that by saying they should carry his bones, he did not know that Jesus would rise from the dead. He did not know that grace would open. Joseph was one of those who arose and went with Jesus. If he had been in Egypt, what happened in Jerusalem when Jesus was from the dead was not a world affair. The earthquake didn't affect the whole world. His body will have remained on the ground. Just by being a person of integrity, not forgetting who he was, refusing to be buried somewhere else, he didn't know he was going to be part of the first rapture. See, there are things you don't know will happen by operating integrity. There are things you don't know are waiting down the line. There are things you don't know will affect your children. There are things you don't know will affect just by walking in integrity. Listen to me. David, the Bible tells us when he was a king, the time that kings go to war, the Bible tells us springtime, David stayed back at home. If David was where he was supposed to be, he would not have seen Bathsheba bathing. Bathsheba used to bathe before naked. Everybody bathes naked. If only he was where, because David, are you a king? Yes, I am. When do kings go to war? At spring. Is it spring? Yes. Then why don't you go? So, I'm an usher. I attend usher's meeting. I'm a sweet time. I attend usher's meeting. I don't know just by being where I'm supposed to be what God can shield me from. If it's making sense, please shout hallelujah. <laughs> Becoming a person of integrity will increase your influence in life. It has been said that water that makes a ship to sink it's not water that is outside the ship. It's water that is inside. A ship is on water normally, but that's not what makes it sink. It's what enters it. So don't let the money enter you. Don't let the position enter you. Don't let those things affect you. Let them be outside, but remain faithful and true and loyal. Be a person of integrity. Finally, 
Don't forget number one, by becoming a man of God, how to grow in influence. Number two, by becoming a man of people. Number three, by becoming a man of vision. Number four, by becoming a man of integrity. Finally, by becoming a man of wisdom. By becoming a man of wisdom. In Genesis 41, 14, the Bible tells us, you know, after Pharaoh had his dream, and that guy, that ungrateful guy, because he saw an opportunity when he interpreted the dream, and he said, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not supposed to be here in life. They stole me from our country. And even here, I didn't do anything wrong. I found said, please, when you get to the palace, remember me. And the guy did not remember him for two years. Human beings can be so, so wicked, so evil, so ungrateful. But, ah, two years ago, somebody, I interpreted him, go and get him. From prison. The Bible tells us he shaved himself. They were in a hurry. Those who came for him were in a hurry. Come on, my friend. King is asking for you. Are you the one that interpreted the dream? He shaved himself. In their day and time, Jews were bearded. You've seen films of that time. They were bearded. But Egyptians were the only ones who were clean shaving. So he shaved himself. Because he recognized an opportunity. I'm talking about by being a man of wisdom. He shaved himself. He changed his clothes. You don't go to a prime minister looking like a prisoner. He shaved himself. He said, hurry up. I said, don't rush me. Don't rush me. And then he got to Pharaoh and interpreted the dream. If he interpreted that dream and that was all, they would have returned him to prison and they would have made him a more important person. They would have increased his weight. They would have cut his prison term from social number of years to social number of years. But he said, may I give a suggestion, sir? That you'll find somebody who is very wise. He said the exact details. When you keep the plenty, put one over five aside. He says specifics. So that's why... I have a problem with Ashwaju Tinubu because if he can do what he claims he can do, he's the head of the party, he's a party leader. How come those things were not done under Buhari? If you say you have a magic to solve the problem, let me tell you something. I believe Christians should be involved in everything, uh, join parties, all those things, so that we can influence it from the grassroots. But I think if somebody truly loves Nigeria, they should not vote for APC or PDP. Anybody who truly loves Nigeria. If you are considering voting for any of those two parties, I don't believe you love Nigeria. I don't believe you love Nigeria. I'm telling you honestly, I don't believe you love Nigeria. See, I'm not telling you who to vote for. If you ask me personally, I will tell you who I'm voting for. And not because that person is just is the best of the worst. That's what I'm going to vote for. Yeah. He's the best of the worst. But anybody who truly loves our country, because if you know what to do, you should say the details and help the party. You are the party leader. Do it then. Because that's what Joseph did. He said to the king, save so so percent, put so so percent. Ah. And the king said, who else? If you only interpreted it and didn't say the solution, may God make you a person of solution. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. The Bible doesn't even say anointing is the principal thing. The Bible did not say gift or grace. The Bible says wisdom. Is a principal thing. So if you lack wisdom with your anointing, with everything, I know anointed people who have not made anything out of life. So he gave unsolicited advice. He showed himself a good administrator. <laughs> I, I have to read this. Genesis 47 from verse 5. Very interesting. Genesis 47 from verse 5. I'm going to finish in a little while. This is the last point. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph saying, your father and your brothers have come to you. You know, they were excited when his family members came. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. Here it is. 
And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. You know what he was saying? <laughs> you are very fantastic. You are not sure, yeah? Just in case it runs in the family. If there's any member of your family, you know, I, I have benefited immensely because you have worked here. Do you remember Laban said that I have understood that it's because of you that God is prospering? You see, when a believer is somewhere, it should make a difference. It should make a difference. When I go for a neighborhood meeting, for years, they will say at neighborhood meeting, they believe it's because I live in the neighborhood that uh, bad things are not happening in the neighborhood. So, they will say, so after me, the chairperson wants to call me aside and discuss something with me because they believe that we know you are praying for us. I, you know, what people think somebody prays for every day, you're going to be praying over everybody. I, I can never finish. I will have time to pray if everybody who gives me name to pray for, to be prayed specifically. If God brings it specifically, no, but just by being there. Paul was at sea and God told him that he was sparing his life and all those traveling with him. See, just by living in that neighborhood, just by, it's because people are not living with the consciousness of God, who's there and whom they serve. Let's leave that. So, first, just in case you have any brother like yourself, let's put him in charge of something else. Because you that we are put in charge of something, we see what it has done. May you be a person of solution. We are talking about becoming a man of wisdom. Genesis 47, 22. Only the land of the priests he did not buy. For the priests had lashes allotted to them by Pharaoh. Why did Joseph not buy the land of the, of the priests? He bought everybody's land. He left the priests alone. Why did he leave the priests alone? I believe it's wisdom. Do you remember his wife? Genesis 41, 45. The Bible says his wife was the daughter of Asenath, of the priest of On. So he knew what priests enjoyed from his wife. You didn't treat priests anyhow. Listen all carefully. When he told his brothers the dreams, anyhow, they opposed him. These priests were important in the land. He understood how important they were from his wife because his wife was a daughter of a priest. So it was better to leave their own alone because he had learned from childhood that when people who are supposed to be higher than you oppose you, you have trouble with life. So he left them alone. Let's leave their own land alone. There's no need to look. Some people are always looking for trouble. They want people to antagonize them. Life becomes more difficult when everybody around you is antagonizing you. So let priests have their own land. Pharaoh has given them this thing and then he left them alone. He didn't bother about them. But all other people, he moved them and he said, from now on, anything you make. But by leaving priests alone, don't you think priests will be positive towards him? So there are things that you will not read black and white. You know, I, I, wish, I wish I could read uh, more things, but you know, time is gone. We see things like this in David's life. You know, David behaved himself wisely because David was made in charge of people who are older than him. David, by killing Goliath, they, Paul promoted him to become head of. Do you think it will be easy when they bring you from nowhere and they put you head of those who paid their dues? But the Bible says David behaved himself wisely. So there's a way to behave. You don't just get somewhere and start removing everybody. Start doing something. They got there before you. God brought you there. Respect them. Serve them. Do things with wisdom. And gradually, God will take you where he wants you to be. Your influence will grow. And one day, David said, Ah! The water by the well of Bethlehem. If only I would have that water. And three people went out. At the risk of their lives, they brought it for him. See that level of influence. But usually it doesn't start there. You grow into it. Let's bow our heads to pray.
So all that we have received this week, God has been such a blessing to us this week. But for Joseph, it didn't happen overnight. He had a global influence, but it didn't start from there. So go and read Joseph's story all over again now and see these things God is getting our attention to. No, he wasn't a prophet or priest or king. He wasn't a politician. He was a regular everyday person. It was a blessing to his family. It was a blessing to believers. It was a blessing to unbelievers. It was a blessing to his boss. It was a blessing to his generation. It was such a person of influence. So become a man of God. Everything for him revolved around God. Become a person of people. Have a heart for people. Love people genuinely. Care for those who work under you. Care for those who are around you. Want it to be well with them as well. Pay attention to their needs. Become a person of vision. What God has showed you, the direction of your life, it will be persecuted. People will slander you. They say all kinds of things. But if you will be true to God, it will come to pass. Be a person of integrity. There are things if you do, you won't know what is going to happen in the future based on it until it happens. Then be a person of wisdom. So thank God for his word if you got anything from him today. Father, we are grateful today. We appreciate you for things you have got brought to our attention. Help us to go forth and do likewise. There's no doubt that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And so much has been emphasized about character and godliness and being exemplary and serving people and all this. Because therein is our influence. Dorcas died and based on what she did for people they couldn't just let her go and she was brought back to life she wasn't an apostle or prophet or anything like that most of us won't be in those positions but you expect every one of us to live as believers where we are and have influence over people and through our lives point people to the kingdom we hear you today and we'll go forth and do likewise help us we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today, you've got something definite for your life that you know is usable. From your circumstances now, I can use this. Yeah, this, this is true. This will work for me. You have heard God. Go and do it. Is anybody like that today? Can I see your hand up? Every head bowed, every head I can use this. Yeah, this will work truly. Yeah. Thank you, Father, because you will help us to do it. And thank you for your grace is available. And the blessings and benefits of the kingdom will be seen in our lives because there must be something seeable that will make people want to follow us. And let it come to pass in our day and time and in this congregation today that many will hold the skirt of the garment of one that said you and say, well, we will go with you for we can see that God is with you. Let people see that you are with us by the blessings and benefits of the gospel that will be seen in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me pray for the sick very quickly. You need healing for your body. I've spent just under one hour now and I want to be through in one hour. So maybe two more minutes, I'll be done. You need healing for your body. Just stand up where you are. Lay your hand on that part of your body. Lay your hand on that part of your body and be healed. You have found yourself turning your left side to people because you've discovered you really can't hear well from your left ear anymore. I don't know if you are older. You know, that's part of what happens to people with age. I said to people because it doesn't have to happen to you. If I just talked about your ear, can I see your hand? Talked about your ear that you have, you see that you're having to turn to people. Yeah, okay. One ear. So put your finger in that ear now. I see you. Everybody who needs healing, lay your hand on that part of your body. 
Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke aches, pains, infirmities. Live now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for that. He is healed from this moment. Whatever has happened is reversed in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you from the crown, the head to the of the foot. You are made whole in Jesus' name. Somebody has had very bad dysmenorrhea, very bad, pay, pay, very painful menstrual cycles. You didn't even stand. From this moment, you are healed, says the Spirit of Grace. From this moment, you are healed. You didn't even stand. So you know you are the person. You didn't even stand. Yet you are healed. I see strife. You are born after a set of twins in your family. I see so much strife in the family. Because you are here today, God wants to do something about it. Every head bowed, every eye shut. Just lift your hand where you are so we can pray quickly. I see your hand. Do you believe it? Do you believe because you are here, God is You see, it's good to be where one is supposed to be. That's all that's bringing a miracle to a family today. Please lay your hand on your head. Father, I receive healing in that family. I command that strife to end now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for doing it because you have made her a person of influence. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. We began with by becoming a man of God or woman of God, boy of God, girl of God, everything revolving around God. That's the idea. Of him, through him, to him are all things. It works in career, works in ministry, works in business, works in family, works in every area of life. When everything revolves around God, you will see and people will see what God can do through one life. So I want to pray for you today. You know you are not right with God and you want to be. Just lift your hand quickly and put it down. Once I see you want to be prayed for, I will pray for you. So if you are here in the middle auditorium, lift your hand and put it on your chest. If you are up the gallery, lift your hand. Let me see your hand and then put it on your chest. If you are at any of the overflow places or you are at the basement, just lift your hand and then put it on your chest. I've not seen any hand yet because I need to know I have to pray for someone or some people. Will you lift your hand please above your head? Anybody you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm about to take my seat. Okay, up the gallery, thank you. Okay, there are people of the gallery, thank you. So lay your hand on your chest. And if you're in a basement, lay your hand on your chest. And if you're here too, and listen, if you're a backsliding Christian, it's a good time to come back to God. It's a good time to come back to God. This is the most important that can happen. Most of the time was spent on that God factor. Because the God factor is usually in life. Except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman will keep it in vain. The God factor is the most important factor. So put your hand on your chest if you want to come to Christ today or you want to be, you want to be reconciled, you want to rededicate your life to Christ and say after me with your hand on your chest, Father I come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner please forgive me. Jesus that for my sins he rose again I invite him into my life now to be my personal Lord and my savior I receive grace to live for you because you died for me in Jesus name Amen. can you stand up so I can pray for you those who prayed that prayer somebody has had itches around the private part very badly it was so strong while I was praying now I had to deliberately finish praying first because it was like urgent you are free from it in the name of Jesus Christ I don't know whether you are a man or a woman you are free from it from those itches they come to an end 
in the name of Jesus. Very embarrassing, very uncomfortable. You are free. Is anybody standing up, ushers? Yeah, if you raise your hand before and you put it on your chest, I'm asking you to stand where you are. So I heard there were some hands up. Okay, somebody was standing there. Okay, fine. Anybody, nobody standing here? Basement, anybody standing? Okay, I don't know about basement. But here, yeah, yeah, I've been told somebody's standing there. Father Lord, thank you for whoever is standing and anybody who may be standing at home as well. Thank you because their sins are forgiven and even forgotten from today. We we'll receive grace for them to live for you. We we'll break the hold of the day over their lives and we we'll release them to you who saved to keep, to enable, to run the race successfully to the very end. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Can a counselor please go to the person? And if there's anybody in the basement, oh, they've done it already. Okay, so follow whoever has come to you now for just a few minutes. Please open your hands, every other person. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We open our hands. We see that in Joseph's life, it wasn't his education or any other thing, but your grace that he worked with and traded with and you made him a person of global influence. Our hands are open to you. Put things in every hand today. Walk us through life today. That not only will we rise from where we are and be promoted to a greater place of influence, that people will see our lives and know that it pays to serve the living God. People will see what only God can do in our lives from today. Go ahead, we pray. Help us to walk with you for the rest of our lives. Help us not to look back. Help us to be committed. And thank you for the blessings and benefits of the gospel. We'll be seeing our lives like never before. We'll receive it with gratitude. In Jesus' name we'll pray. So I declare the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.